This call is being recorded. Internet blew up with the 2021s. We got your opinion last week of the 2021 commit uh, and the bedtime issue. But then families started reaching out, at least to me, that it's irresponsible for parents to lead their children into the process. I, I just don't get it. For instance, if your child from birth was and the president of Harvard came to your child from birth and said, he's going to get an opportunity at Harvard. I'm going to single-handedly get him into Harvard. Are you going to say, no, 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 he's not ready for it? That's, that's insane. So, like, for me, and I'll, I'll let you roll here, A.T., for me, it's a family securing an opportunity for their child. The only crazy thing for the family to do or not do in this case, for me, in my standpoint, is not allow their child to seek out other opportunities over the next four years to make sure that the opportunity they've already been handed to them is the right decision for their child. And so that's my only point. I don't, who cares? This process is not determined. It's not like the parents went to Tillman and was like, John Tillman, give me my son an opportunity. He said, sure. I mean, John Tillman reached out to this family and said, look, this kid is good enough in my eyes to play it for me in four or five years, whatever it takes, and I'm willing to take the risk and offer your child a spot. Are you willing to take it? Sure, I'll take it. But the irresponsibility for me comes in in the next four years if, say, another school later on, goes ahead and calls up this family and says, we didn't get the opportunity to recruit you. We'd like to go through the process. And the family now saying, no, we've made a commitment to Tillman. Now that is not in the best interest of the child, and that's crazy to me. But wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think you pegged it. I mean, the bottom line is what is in the best interest of the kid? What's in the yep. best interest of the student athlete? Period. That's the bottom line. That's, that's, right. that's, the, that's the bottom line, right? These coaches, there's tons of prospects out there. If a kid, you know, commits to them and then decommits, they just go and get another kid. That's what they do. Now, That's their right. feelings may be hurt and blah, 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 blah. But it lasts the reality, like hours. It's a, they, they're over it faster than that. Trust me. That's right. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, what's in the best interest of these kids? Um, you know, this sport is so much different than the major sports that have – professional leagues where these guys can earn big money, you know, six, seven-figure annual contracts. Uh, you know, if, if they're able to do that, that puts a little um, – it, it makes it a little different. You know, listen, you said at the top of the show, these guys aren't signing seven-figure contracts to go play pro lacrosse in the MLL or the NLL or both combined, right? Our sports version of that – big pro contract is the best job in whatever field they decide they want to get into. Okay. They're going to have a more compelling pitch getting that first choice job, generally speaking, by graduating from a more respected, better academic school. That's right. So where I fault the process is when these kids due to naivete do not wait for better options, academic options, life choices, because they make a lacrosse decision by caving to 
a situation that they are new to where the other side, so to speak, is a veteran of that situation as they do it year to year. Now, we don't know the ins and outs of it. There are families and parents that hunt down these college coaches and say, listen, my kid wants to commit to you right now. Let's go. Right? I, I, I know from speaking to, you know, Dom in the past that there are parents that are very, very hyper about this process and they want to get their kids committed. Right? And if the kid's right. a really, really good player, coaches may say, what am I going to do? Turn down J.J. Albert if he wants to commit to us? I, 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 you know, they're not going to do that. And I get it from that perspective. And we don't know you know, everything that went on. We don't know all the conversations that went on. All we know is that it's been reported that an eighth grader has committed to the University of Maryland to play lacrosse. So sheer speculation without any knowledge of what went on behind the scenes, I make fun of the situation because, and I make fun of both sides. I make fun of the coaches, certainly, leave them alone. You know, this kid shouldn't be recruitable until he has a bedtime. I still believe that, Right. And I also make fun of the parents, and probably even more so the parents of the prospect that are in a rush to get these kids committed to what isn't the best academic institution in the world. And I'm not ripping on Maryland, but if this kid had committed to Harvard, take the extreme circumstance, I wouldn't say anything, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the pinnacle of academic schools that play Division One lacrosse. And if a kid is committing to the best academic school possible, regardless of whether or not he goes to college and ends up being, you know, a four-time toward Tom winner or not playing one minute of Division One lacrosse, he's still on track to get that first-choice job when he graduates. And at the end of the day, that's going to create the foundation for him to more often than not, be able to secure a first-choice job and go on and create the highest quality of life possible for his family. That's the finish line. When you're making a choice for your future that isn't in line with you providing the highest quality of life down the road for your family, that's when I fault the parents. They should have the foresight to protect their sons and daughters in this instance and say, listen, little Jimmy, you're the best lacrosse player in the country in your grade, in eighth grade. And all the college coaches are going to want to have you in their program, right? Keep working hard. Keep doing everything you're doing. But let's just wait on making this choice so that we make the choice that best positions you first and foremost as a person, secondly, as a student, and as a distant, distant third, considering you're not signing a seven-figure deal to go play pro lacrosse as an athlete, that's, in a nutshell, why both the coaches and the parents of the prospects are easy targets to rag on when these announcements are made publicly. Period. That's it. That's it. Well, well, there's a couple things that I think you kind of missed. I think you're dead on in terms of kids should always, always choose the best academic institution possible um, that they wouldn't normally get into, and you've said this a million times, that they no wouldn't normally get into without the game of lacrosse. 
But there's a couple pieces that I think are very important. One, financial. Look, sometimes, based on those decisions, finances play an important and major role for families to afford or not afford college. We do not know this family's financial situation, and we certainly don't know the financial situation of the offer itself. But that could play a role, and it plays a major role in the difference between football and basketball. These kids know that any Division I offer in football and basketball that they receive is going to be a full-ride cost-of-attendance scholarship. Yeah. And they don't need to worry about, you know, oh, this school versus this school distance away, my family having to pay this and that and all that kind of stuff. That is not included in their decision, unlike lacrosse, where, you know, let's just say extreme examples here, Denver offers a kid 25 or 50% and, you know, kids from Pennsylvania and, I don't know, I'm making this up, St. Joe's offers him uh, 25%. Well, maybe a family can't afford to get out to Denver, and a big part of that is, you know, staying close to home. And even though the scholarship money is drastically different, say, out in Denver versus St. Joe's, that could play a major role in a decision for a family. So, so you're talking that about overall, a, overall cost, right? Overall cost, correct. Um, and so... And what's the time and frame on that? Should the time frame is just on when they're in college, Ryan? It, uh, yeah, I mean, for some families it is. If you have three or four other kids okay. you need so to then, pay for college. So then I would say if you look at an even bigger time frame than that, how about the span of your life? Okay? No, no, and totally, you factor totally. in And you factor in the short-term money that you get by taking a scholarship to go to a lesser academic school, right? And then you look at well, the job. Well, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying before before you get into like in terms of lesser academic, I wasn't really staying more so academic schools, and I made up Denver and St. Joe's, and I don't have the book in front of me to kind of figure out which school is better. It doesn't really matter. I'm telling, I'm just saying that two schools that are equivalent academically that the player chooses finances based on maybe location or the family situation being able to afford school or not afford school, yeah. depending on that situation. That's really all my point. And I was making that point because families often, or not even families, the media often tries to mix um, or just fans of the game try to mix this whole early recruiting with you know football and basketball, and it's not comparable for that reason. No, it's not. And, and that's the only reason. That's the reason why I wanted to bring up certainly the finances. That finances often do kind of like make a difference. For instance, let's take the finances out. I had a, I had a player that was committed to a service academy out in Colorado, and another service academy came in from Annapolis and and basically convinced the family. And both of them incredible academic institutions. Both of them are. Both of them yeah. are going to get them great opportunities after school. But the reality was is one was 90 minutes away and the other one was a four-hour flight away. Um, yeah. And that can add up. And, and those, I guess, ancillary costs or auxiliary costs to a family can Soft add costs, up. Yeah. So, yeah, and so that's what I wanted to point out, one, the finances of the situation. Two, I wanted to kind of piggyback on, on what you were saying in terms of academics. One, um, there is incentive 
for this family and this player to continue to play well so he continues to get more offers. I think one of the, the, the one of the basis on your argument, AT, is that this can, this kid continues on a upward charge in terms of his talent and athleticism. Does that make sense? And that yeah. you're going to continue to get attention later on and that the attention drops off once you commit. And I think that the world of recruiting is changing these days where there's an incentive for him to continue to play hard so that the Harvard, Yales, and we'll go extreme examples – uh, and who knows what this kid's academic situation is. This kid could probably have, um, you know, serious disabilities, and he's taking a great opportunity and going to Mar- Maryland. Good point. That's very, that's, and, that's very true. Very true. And, and, and we don't know that. But I will say that, you know, the Harvards and Notre Dames of the world, they are notorious for taking kids late in the process who they've never had the opportunity to recruit. But that still means that three years from now, he's still at the top of his game. And for a parent, Ryan, Ryan, let me just stop you. One quick, quick. anybody that says they didn't have the op- anybody that says they didn't have the opportunity to recruit a kid is not an adult. Shut up, Mer- Maryland so? is recruiting him. Listen, well, but, but think about Harvard. Offer, they don't, can't don't recruit him yet because but they don't have listen, the academic listen, information to recruit him. To say for okay, well, how did Maryland have the opportunity to recruit them, but nobody else did? It's, it's because they're a, not in the same. Because it's not. I don't know. I don't necessarily. When I say don't have the opportunity to recruit them, I don't think it's a whining thing. I honestly think it's a segue of conversation. So you know, you've got the Notre Dame's and the Harvard of the world. Like we've seen it over and time and time again, them picking off late recruits and decommitting them. Um, I think As it's more should. them just. And I think it's more them just saying, "Look, I was concentrating on another class." And I'm, that's not my timeline. My timeline is not your timeline four years ago. And I simply wanted to see what you look like three years from now so I can guarantee what I – or it's never a guarantee, of course. We know that. But that I can have a better read on the future of your potential three years later than going on it now. It's not to my benefit. It's to maybe to John Tillman's benefit to do it, but it's not to mine. And so I didn't have a chance to recruit you, but I want to do it now. Are you interested in X university? And and so that's where I think that it's important that now this kid has an offer in hand. And if this is the difference in the process between basketball and football. They announce their offer and they say, I was given an offer at Buffalo University or, you know, Bryant University put football, whatever it might be. In lacrosse, right. I feel like it's kind of turning into the hockey model. Is once you're listed on that commits or Ty Zander's recruiting rundown, now you're a recruitable athlete. Now right. that you've given you've given stock to your value, which is the greatest stock. It's not Ty Zander's evaluation. I don't mean to knock Ty; he knows this, but it's the fact that he's listed on Ty Zander's recruiting rundown as a commit. Now you have value because there's another colleague of say mine out there that values enough to give you an offer. So now I need to go on the field and watch you play over the next three years to determine whether or not I go ahead and reach out to you and recruit you. I think that's a huge play. I think that's a very yeah. slick play. And, and, and worse comes to worse. Let's say AT, and you always say this too, he goes ahead and tears three ACLs, and God forbid, I, I wish this kid the best of health over the next five years. He tears an ACL over three years. Is John Tillman going to have the balls to – he won't. John Tillman's a good guy, and he's going to stay committed to that process. And he's going to stay committed to that kid, I believe. I believe in heart to heart. 
And so the, the family's locked in a decision for a kid to go to a great school. I, 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 listen, I think, all, I think all of the coaches are good guys. I, I don't think yeah. there's a bad – I don't think there's a coach out there that would decommit a kid that got hurt for, you know, because there's somebody else better. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, you know, and, and I, I hear what you're saying as it relates to, uh, you know, you become validated in the eyes of, you know, all of the college the coaches. Once you, yeah, once you announce a decision. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, I guess my point is simply that, um, you know, for parents of these kids, and listen, we don't know the academic profile of this kid, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. not even in high school yet, so. But you know, but all children, all parents know their children, and they know, you know what I mean, my son is a smart kid. Is he going to go to Harvard? I don't know. But I, I do know he doesn't have any learning disabilities. He has the potential to work hard in school. But you know right. if a kid has, has some issues. Yeah. I, listen, I, your, point, your points are well made. I'm not, I'm not fighting those This kid has still has the opportunities that you're talking about. He still has the opportunity to maximize his lacrosse potential to leverage himself to get into the best academic institution possible, despite committing now an eighth grade to uh, to Maryland. And so uh, I, I love the debate. I just think it's crazy to fault families for securing an option that they can easily change later. And I hate. This is what I hate, and I think you'll agree with me, A.T., on this. I hate this veil of character that coaches and families use to lock kids into a decision. Right. But we both know, we both know coaches that have done that. When a kid commits to a school, when he's pressed, commits, yes, and then decommits for a better option for him, across the board, and they say, well, I'm never going to recruit another kid from your school again. I mean, what a right. bunch of bullshit that is. It is. And, 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 and the thing is, it's actually a lie, number one, because yeah. they're going to recruit the next kid. That's the best part. They're going to recruit the yeah. next good kid out of high school, no matter what. They're yeah. trying to strong-arm a kid, you know, into sticking to a decision that he made under duress anyways. I mean, you're, there's no question. That's probably it's fair, such, too. Uh, it's a it's a total joke, and that and that does go on. No it, question, it does. And and the character flaw, I would argue the exact opposite, and that this kid has the balls to research other options, despite maybe having a great relationship with that staff and that team and those kids and even those kids that are in his class to continue to search out the best opportunity for him. Right. That, I think, is, is a character benefit. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a characteristic of maturity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, handling a difficult situation to put yourself in a better situation. And let me do say this. I think most coaches out there, when informed by a prospect that had committed to them, that that prospect has made a decision to decommit and reopen the process. I think most coaches handle it, uh, you know, like gentlemen, and most coaches do the right things. But we both know that there are, um, you know, some, I'll say few, that do play that this is a reflection on your character 
card. Yeah. And that is that is garbage. It's total garbage. But most, it is. It most is. coaches don't do that. Most coaches, in my opinion, don't do that. I think they respectfully say, all right, well, I can respect that and, and, and handle it like good people. But, but there are a few that do not. And, and I want people out there who are listening to the show to know that you don't know. If you're outside looking in, first off, you're probably a family or a player that doesn't have the opportunities that the, these kids are faced with. And that the stresses that kids who are not committed, believe it or not, the stresses of the players who are are just as intense. And there's a lot of decision-making process, but you cannot ever question the character of a person without being in the situation yourself. And for that, it drives me nuts to see uh, media or family or just just across fans themselves say that this is insane, um, you know, that the the kids lack character if they decommit. I don't believe in that. Um, Absolutely not. I just just feel like there's just so much more that goes into it. Um, And the last piece, and I wanted to address with you, um, is the academic piece for high academic institutions. When a high-level academic institution commits to a kid, there is a sense of your process is not done yet, that you're fortunate enough to have the talent to be able to go to these schools, but there are, you know, tasks you need to meet, which is you need X amount in your ACTs and SATs, you need to maintain these certain GPAs and requirements, this is not time off, and I feel like for all the families or people looking in outside in on, say, Ivy League processes, you know, those kids have a lot of pressure on them, too, to perform over the next four years. They can't, they can't yeah. you know, start slacking off at school because these kids still need to meet the requirements that are often, oftentimes they need an uptick in how they're working. They need to work even right. harder to get a SAT or ACT result, or they need you know, to be able to raise their GPA, you know, point two points or whatever it may be. So there's no question that that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're spot on. And, 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 and from that standpoint, too, um, you see decommits all the time from the Ivy League out. A lot of those times, if not all of those times, is because they didn't meet the requirements that they were set out to meet when they were recruited in the first place. Um, and so, and so, people who see that in the Ivy League, uh, specifically the Ivy League, probably need to know that. Look, it's not just they're not committing to a talent; they're committing to a talent with the potential to be great on the field. But they also have to commit to the kid doing, getting the job done in the classroom as well. That's it for today. As always, check us out at In Your Face Lacks on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. But tune in next week, Wednesday, 9 a.m. Until then, enjoy the weekend of lacrosse.